amazing prize package, all chosen from CNB's new hardware supply store. This includes a steel chainsaw, as well as a basket full of other great products. And just by signing up, you'll be eligible to win. And do yourselves a favor and check out the wonderful photos of everything outdoors in Wyoming at SheridanMedia.com. CNB Operations will also donate $1,000 to the Wyoming Wildlife Foundation. This organization keeps Wyoming outdoors what it's always been. Still time to enter your photos to win one of my knives and to win that amazing prize package at CNB Operations' new home hardware edition. Get signed up to win today at CNB Operation on Sheridan's Heartland Drive. Hi, this is Brad at Primary Motors, where we are looking to buy your clean used vehicles, tractors, ATVs, and much more. We will also down trade and do appraisals. Here at Primary Motors, we are a full service dealership offering quality used cars, trucks, and SUVs. Our super trailer store features a wide variety of stock, utility, and cargo trailers. Primary Motors has been making customers happy for decades. See us today at 2305 Coffee and Avenue in Sheridan or online at primarymotors.com. Wondering what all the talk is with PEMF therapy? PEMF helps provide your cells with the energy they need to perform. PEMF Wellness can help you recover from injury after surgeries and helps with relaxation and natural energy recovery. PEMF Wellness at 811 North Main Suite 7 is right next door to Powder River Pizza. Contact Aaron today, 752-8117, to learn how you can get 15% off packages from PEMF Wellness Therapy. Gift certificates make great Christmas gifts. Taylor Swift fans are mad at Ticketmaster. Why? Because they couldn't get tickets to the Eras Tour. I get it. As a fellow Swifty, I view that as criminal. Has Elon Musk lost his mind? We're seeing a sea of blue on Twitter. Doja got caught in the crossfires of the craziness on Twitter. What did she do to get back? Deep dive into this with me, Mallory Hunter, and James Timberlake on the all-new podcast, Toss the Goss. Out now. Stream wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just in time for the holiday season, Sheridan's Wyo Theater and the Met Live present Mozart's musical fairy tale, The Magical Flute, Saturday morning, December 3rd at 10.55. The Magic Flute was originally written for a theater just outside Vienna, moving freely between earthly comedy and noble mysticism, while appealing to audiences from all walks of life. Tickets for this performance are available now at the Wyo Theater box office or online at wyotheater.com. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Joining us from the campus of the University of Wyoming is the Director of Institutional Communications, Mr. Chad Baldwin. Good morning, Chad. Morning, Floyd. How are you? Doing great. How about you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I, I ended up uh, uh, coming down with COVID not too long ago. I thought I was going to make it out of this forest without hitting any of these trees, and I was wrong, Chad. Uh, I, yeah. I, I'll tell you, you know, once it actually got me, it got me pretty good. It put us down for a while. Yeah, I, I, it's uh, it's hard to find anybody who hasn't had it now. It seems like. <laughs> yeah, I was part of that exclusive club for a little while. Started to think yeah. I was special. <laughs> I yeah. learned pretty quick. Uh, I'm just like the rest of us. Uh, has campus gone quiet for Thanksgiving? 
It has, yep. Yep, the students are on break. Uh, there's still some of us uh, toiling away here in our offices, but but uh, it's it's quiet now, yep. And uh, construction projects for a new student housing and an expansion of the College of Law building could begin in as soon as a month. Now, this is following an action last week by the University of Wyoming Board of Trustees. What was that action taken by the board? They, uh, they approved what they call the guaranteed maximum price for each of those projects and then an authorization to proceed with construction. And so uh, we used the construction manager at risk approach with these where you, uh, you know, that's the, so that's the last stage now to actually start the work. And so uh, uh, we've got the cost set and uh, those contractors are ready to roll. You know, it just it seems like the university uh, has done so much work in the past decade. I could probably walk the campus and not recognize where I was at. Uh, I can remember the classroom building got a facelift a number of years ago. That was the last uh, big project that I was in Laramie for. And, boy, that really transformed that building. How is this going to change the College of Law building? Because that's that's one of the older buildings on campus, isn't it? Well, it's you know, I think it was built in the late 60s, early 70s, something like that. So it's we have many, many much older buildings than that, but it hasn't had much work since then. And so, um, uh, you know, this is going to be a substantial expansion and some remodeling of the current building. They just need more space. And one of the programs that's really cool that the, the law school does is they have law clinics where they uh, they actually provide legal services for certain types of folks. Uh, and, you know, one of them is uh, one of them would be so indigenous, indi- uh, excuse me, people who indigent folks or people who, uh, uh, who have some particular needs that maybe, uh, you know, it's a service sort of that's provided, I guess you might say, by the by the law school. Yeah. And so that's one of the, this legal clinic will be in there. Right now, it's if they have it somewhere else off campus, not even connected to that building. But uh, uh, this will be a really cool thing. Our, our law school ju- just recently, I think just last year, celebrated its 100th anniversary. And, uh, and so... Uh, um, you know, we've UW has produced uh, uh, many, many of the attorneys here we have in Wyoming, and then of course some leave the state as well. But there's a proud alumni base. They've made some contributions to uh, to this project, and then the state of Wyoming has kicked in money as well. So uh, it will be a really nice addition for the for the law school. Now, what will this uh, new student housing look like? Well, these are these are exciting projects. So the there's going to be two new uh, residence halls uh, totaling about uh, 900 rooms oh, wow. or beds. The, 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 first, first, the first one that's going to get started is about 434 beds, but then a new, also a new dining facility for about 850 students. And so, uh, you know, we, we've got our high-rise uh, 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 dormitories, you know, people have, have seen for many, many years uh, tallest buildings in Wyoming still and uh but they're old you know they're 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 older than me which is you know saying something <laughs> so the, uh, so so uh, and they're just they're just not they're just not what modern they don't meet the expectations of today's students let's put it that way so these new residence halls are are going to be I don't know if you've seen the renderings 
of them, but they're going to re- look really nice, and they're going to be modern and and a great uh, a great addition. Where where on campus are these going to be located? They're going to be built along 15th Street, uh, um, the, the north one at the corner of 15th and Lewis. There, so so the kind of the, the north part of campus, um, next to Mc, uh, um, the McQuinney Hall the, and the, the Education yeah. College. Yeah, I know where and you're then, talking. Then, yeah, then, then the south one will be uh, just uh, just east of Half Acre uh, Recreation and Wellness Center, and so close to the Union there. Uh, so right, right there along 15th Street. If you if you've been to campus lately, you've seen the grounds all kind of torn up there at that uh, at 15th and Lewis, and uh, so that's where that's where they're going to build the first one. And all of this could start as soon as December. Yeah, they're they're I think they're pretty close to being ready to roll. They're you know this has taken a long time, Floyd. This this housing project has been in the works for. Boy, years, probably close to a decade, and uh, and so um, we're really excited now to be able, be able to roll on it. It's huge. I mean, it's the the first phase here is 171 million dollars. Wow! Uh, wow! And so it's uh, uh, you know we're going to be going to be a big change for UW. And how is all this being paid for, Chad? So this is uh, this is the, the residence halls are being done through bonding. So the, the legislature actually directed and authorized uh, what we're doing, and uh, but to, we'll, we'll have to we'll issue bonds. Well, they've been issued. I mean, the revenue's there now, and we we uh, and it, so the, you know the way that works is then you just repay it over time. Now, is this going to uh, increase enrollment? Do you think uh, like the number of individuals within the college or? Or is this going to just kind of be like a, a, a supplementary housing for students that are already there? No, so this is going to replace, the, of course, the old housing. Okay. So uh, but 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 you know, right now we have about two thousand beds available in the old ones, um, uh, and uh, these will be about nine hundred. So they won't completely replace. But so, but we, we uh, you know I'm in charge of the marketing team here at the university, and we see a great opportunity for this to be a recruiting piece. Um, uh, you know, w- w- as it is now, when, when not to say that they're dumps or anything, but let's just say when we take students on tours, we don't necessarily show them that you know, the, the first thing we show them isn't the dorms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will admit, uh, I, I had a friend going uh, there at the university, and, and I had a family, so I lived off campus. He was a, a single guy who transferred over from Rock Springs, and so he was in the dorms. And uh, I, I visited him a few times, and, and I will admit, Chad, I, I thought, you know what? I, I kind of expected a little bit more <laughs> out of the yeah, dorm. Yeah. So it's yeah. good to see that that's being updated and, uh, and changed. Yeah, we, we think it's, it definitely will attract more students, you bet. But I will say that dining facility was fantastic. Yeah, the Washington Center has been nice. It's been, it's been, that's been a good addition. That, that's, you know, that's younger than me. Yeah, quite a bit. But uh, it's served us well. But we'll have a really nice new one. I mean, you know, these these, basically these residence halls are going to be closer to Central Campus, so you won't students aren't going to have to walk across Fifteenth and Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. you know they'll be right there by the Union, right there by Half Acre, right by the 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 main campus. And so it's kind of it's going to let's just say it'll improve the uh, 
the student experience. And I will say about uh, 8, 30, 9 o'clock, it's really difficult to turn into that, uh, <laughs> into that campus because, man, the, the influx of students from the dorm heading over to the rest of the campus, it's, it's rush hour around that time. Yep. There, it, that whole corner is just full of students. Now, another thing that's actually being added up there, aiming to meet uh, consumer demand and increase some traffic in the Wyoming Union, the University of Wyoming will open a Chick-fil-A dining option next year. Uh, how, how will this will so this is going to be in the student union building, and if I remember correctly, it's upstairs, right? It's just on, it's on the main level there. Uh, you know, if you've been to campus lately, our most popular dining spot is uh, Panda Express, and 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 Chick Fil A will be will be right close to it. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a you know it's another dining option, right? And and um, while we certainly have the great uh, service that will be there at the the new dining center nearby in a couple of years, the uh, there's a you know, we've been asking our students, well, let's just say this. Our students have been asking us for some time. They want Chick-fil-A. And so uh, so we're, we're going to have it. It's the second one in all of Wyoming, I believe. There's only another one, and that's in Cheyenne. Now, I, I can say that uh, when I visited the Student Union building to buy my books, that was the first time, and this is going to really date me because I think it's been a while, uh, that was the first time I ever had a Good Times burger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that so was quite a that. while ago that that was upstairs. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've uh, you to really date me, Floyd. When I was a student, we still had a bowling alley down in the basement. <laughs> oh wow! Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Boy, the basement that the the basement of the student union. I can't remember what that was called. What is that called, Chad? We'll have it now. It's Pistol Pete's game room. We've got a really nice uh, uh, um, game room area and uh, even a. Um, a lounge area down there now. Yeah, that was a so great place to hang out. Yeah, upstairs, you know, we get a lot of students coming in for lunch. Uh, they like Chick-fil-A. We have some other, you have a sushi place there now. Uh, and so uh, the Chick-fil-A will, you know, it's just a real popular restaurant. Um, and uh, people people like it, and, and the students asked for it, and we provided it. Now, how do restaurants work on campus? Like, how much of the profits actually go to the campus as opposed to back into the pockets of uh, the owners or the franchise itself. So UW is going to get 90% of the revenue from this, Floyd. Oh, wow. Uh, Wow. Chick-fil-A only gets 10%, and it's going to be operated by UW Dining Services. So it's a licensing agreement. I mean, we are selling their product. We're using their name, but it's a UW operation. It's a UW-run thing, and so we get 90% of the revenues. That's interesting. That that kind of surprises me how much... The university is going to be able to pull out of this. Um, and I think a lot of that is the fact that we're going to have university dining facility staff as opposed to just hires like in a regular restaurant. So that's yep. good to hear. Yep. And it gives us one more option, one more reason to stop by the campus and uh, walk around that student union building and grab yourself a Chick-fil-A sandwich. All right, when we return, we're going to have more with the University of Wyoming. Stick with us. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Share.
this is JT. And Elizabeth Kraft. This month and always, we are especially thankful for our business and the opportunity we have each day to reconnect people to the world around them through the gift of hearing while providing food, shelter, and stability for our family. We are also thankful for our very supportive communities in Northern Wyoming. Without our loyal customers and the new friends that join EBA Hearing and Sound each day, we would not be where we are today. We appreciate all of you more than you know. Happy Thanksgiving from the EBA Hearing and Sound family on Coffee and Avenue next to Sherwin-Williams in Sheridan. Hammer Chevrolet, where every vehicle is new to you, Troy Baker. Bob, trade in and trade up. We have a nice selection of pre-owned late model vehicles, like a 2019 Chevy Colorado ZR2 Bison Edition priced at $46,495. A 2021 GMC Sierra 1500 AT4 for $58,995 or a 2021 GMC Terrain for $30,995. Hammer Chevrolet, where every vehicle is new to you. 107 East Alger, online, hammerchevy.com. You know, the pioneers crossed the vast wilderness in covered wagons, yet today a lot of their offspring actually have to set alarms to remind them when to drink water. If you're needing water, all you have to do is call 307 Wildcat Well Service, a local company that specializes in locating water, drilling and pumps, even solar-powered water wells. So for water wells and all that goes with them, look for 307 Wildcat Well Service in the Country Bounty, and you too will have cool, clean water. Water, water. We are ornamentally yours this Black Friday weekend at Nest Home and Holiday. Hi, this is Darlene. This Friday through Sunday, we are featuring our ornaments, and they will be sale priced at 15% off. Check our full-page ad in this week's Country Bounty with all of our specials. 15% off all ornaments this Black Friday weekend at Nest Home and Holiday, Window Works and More at 1815 North Main Street. Now open Sundays, noon to 4, free gift wrapping always. This week on the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast, this may be the greatest week of sports in history. We've got the World Cup. It's rivalry weekend in college football, a ton of college basketball tournaments. The NFL has Thanksgiving football plus regular football on Sunday. It's the greatest week in sports history. Plus, I discuss how Alabama might somehow sneak away into the college football playoff. They can't keep getting away with this. They might find a way, ladies and gentlemen. That and more on the Weekend Sports Rep podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting and with us this morning is the University of Wyoming Director of Institutional Communications, Chad Baldwin. Now, the University of Wyoming has begun working with institutions of science and technology, such as NASA, in cutting-edge technological development. Uh, This is something that the university's been doing for a number of years. It's amazing to see the amount of tech and, and innovation that's coming out of our university right here in the Cowboy State. Chad, can you tell me a little bit about UW student Russell Todd and Professor Quinn Arthur Zoo, and I'm hoping I'm saying that right, and some of those amazing mm-hmm. things that they're doing over there. You bet. Floyd, um, um, so, so you, you're, you're right that we, we have people doing some amazing work here, and uh, some of it, you know, is, has commercial application, and a lot of it does. I mean, it's when you, you don't just do research just for research's sake necessarily. Uh, there's basic science, of course, that happens, but then there's you know, you're talking about applied science here, and and uh, it's a pretty amazing story. Russell Todd was just an undergraduate computer science student from down in Bags, which is, uh, you know, that little Snake River country down way south, southern Wyoming in Carbon County, very small school. 
uh, high school there, but he, he, he was here and, and had his, this idea for a software that, uh, that was uh, tied in with virtual reality. And he ended up working with a professor in a whole different department. Dr. Zhu is in kinesiology, which has to do with you know, your, the, the way the body works. And they got together, and they've created a company, and they now have a product with patents that basically provides an opportunity for physical therapists to do rehabilitation work with patients who are in remote locations through through uh, this virtual reality and um, uh, and motion sensoring thing. So, so a physical therapist can have a patient somewhere else. That patient uses these devices, moves, uh, you know, to do the work of rehab. And then the the PT can say, can you know, based upon and basically it, it's the same as you know being there in person almost. Which is you know we talk about like telehealth uh, with the VA, uh, mental health stuff, but for a lot of these physical health type of things, you've got to still go to a VA facility. Still got to go in there and, and, and sit down with your physical therapist. I took physical therapy at the VA for a while. Um, you know, if you put the work in, it works. So I would go up there. But now, which is a, something that's just fantastic and almost kind of out of a science fiction novel or a movie, it's yeah. becoming a reality thanks to uh, uh, Todd and, and Dr. Zhu. You can get yeah, this done yeah, from yeah. Sheridan while still being in Afton. That's right. That's exactly right. It's amazing to think about, uh, and it, you know, it, it opens up a new. Uh, you know, you're able to help people in different ways than you've able, ever been able to do before. Um, my son's just actually graduating from physical therapy school next month, and he got his degree here. As, undergraduate degree at UW in kinesiology and Dr. Zhu was one of his professors actually and and so it's it's going to be cool I mean I'm not sure if the clinic where he's going to be working will implement this right away but it's there's a product here that that, uh, that you know we've got a company a new company formed right here in Wyoming because of, of research that was done here on campus that's fantastic it's it's amazing to hear because this is also such a huge contributor to the Wyoming economy. This will bring in, uh, you know, physical therapists, technological, uh, you know, the, the individuals who work on these types of programs. So it's, it's just a huge benefit for everybody all the way around. And I think we're, we're finally on that cusp. <laughs> Chad, where we were, we kind of expected to be here, you know, back in the 90s, thanks, thanks to movies. But now you can go see your doctor, no matter where you are in the world. You can see that one good doctor that you want to talk to and have her or him uh, be able to, to kind of work on you or work with you remotely from anywhere in the world. And I think that's absolutely amazing. It's really important, particularly in rural states like Arms Floyd, where especially in the wintertime, people, it's hard to get around. And to be able to have, still be able to get the health care that you need. Uh, uh, with that remote sort of arrangement, you know, the, the telehealth, in this case, tele-rehabilitation, is a, it's, a, it's a big deal. It absolutely is. And, you know, I think, I think things like this, uh, thanks to, you know, brilliant engineers, are going to become so much more normal in our society, uh, which 
which again, if you really think about it, is an absolute brilliant advancement. What what's next for this team? Are are they are they going to be able to use this application in in other types of technologies? So uh, you know, having other companies or organizations approaching them regarding applications of this tech, say like video game industries or uh, some gas and, and mining tech? You know, that's great questions, Floyd. I don't know that I can answer on their behalf. I think right now they're focused on the commercialization of this particular use for healthcare. But uh, but who knows? I mean, and, you know, our, our, the university is really stepping up We're, uh, on many fronts with, with our new school of computing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a digital world we live in, and that's where the primarily where the opportunities are for for advancement and for entrepreneurial opportunities you know it's it's uh uh we we expect we already are producing quite a lot of this technology but uh but with an even a bigger emphasis on entrepreneurism and computing applied computing um uh i i think you can anticipate that things will just um yeah, we'll, you'll see more and more of this in the university. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and best of luck to those individuals. Groundbreaking stuff over there. Now, uh, the University of Wyoming will also offer two new certificate programs to equip current students and working professionals in the evolving energy landscape. Chad, what do these new programs certify? So the, the the first one I'll talk about is uh, in the area of carbon capture, utilization, and storage. So we know that uh, that's the, you know that's the future here, is uh, um, capturing capturing carbon dioxide, keeping it from going into the atmosphere is an imperative. It's uh, and it's you know there are um, it's really going to help uh, preserve the future of of Wyoming's coal industry to some degree, and it's uh, and you know there are uh, market incentives to do this sort of work. And so it's, it's a growing field. Let's just put it that way. And students here coming to UW will have the opportunity to get a, a, an undergraduate certificate now in carbon capture uh, and storage. And, uh, you know, be, they'll be more marketable for, for jobs in this area. Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm not a professional when it comes to carbon capture. I know you aren't either. Uh, but you know, I've just people are hearing it. It's it's a buzzword right now. You know, it's a buzz phrase: mm-hmm. carbon capture, storage. But it's a buzz because I I feel that here in Wyoming, we've got a lot of individuals within the private sector and within the government who are looking at this as being something that could be quite profitable, quite beneficial for the state of Wyoming. Chad, you're down there. You kind of you're seeing and talking to these individuals. Do you see this really being like an industry uh, that's going to help Wyoming in the future kind of take off and and rise in the ranks? Well, Floyd, I, I'm no expert in this, but uh, um, yeah, I think the answer is yeah. From what I can see, uh, um, in our School of Energy Resources is one of the world, you know, national leaders in this effort. And Wyoming, as the state is, I mean, we we have the laws in place to capture and store carbon. There's a big project up in uh, going on near Gillette now 
that to, to that's uh, you know using these technologies and uh, um, and uh, uh, you know yeah it's and I think there was a private company just within the last few months announced it was going to create a carbon capture facility somewhere in Wyoming. I don't think they picked the exact spot yet, but uh, um, the, I can't see this all of a sudden just drying up. Boy, this thing is. It's got a lot of momentum. It's got backing, as you said, from both the private and public sectors, and uh, and we are a, a national leader in this. And uh, and 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 so I, yeah, it's it's happening. Yeah, and 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 it's just another groundbreaking advancement, you know, uh, uh, with with techniques and practices and technology that is going to be used in in the application of this practice to to carbon capture and store it. And uh, I just, I think it's amazing. Uh, I think it's great that you guys are now offering these certifications. How can uh, someone who's interested in entering into this, you know, essentially new industry, get these certifications? What do they need? So when they come here as undergraduates, they'll need to take it. And we'll we'll do some marketing of this uh, stuff, Lloyd, too. But it's through the School of Energy Resource. Resources. I should mention the other certificate is in land administration. So oh, this is wow. where students will become knowledgeable uh, and, and and the role that energy and natural resources and agriculture play in land administration. So it complements our existing degree program in energy resources management, and you can do it on any other degree offered at UW. So it's it's a, it's kind of an add-on sort of thing that students can do when they're here. That'll just make them more marketable. And, you know, when it comes to land issues, every single industry, if you really look at it, is going to have land issues. And so getting a certification in land administration and understanding that, uh, what, you know, from layman's terms, it's a quagmire of, of issues that have to be addressed when it comes to Wyoming land and how we're going to use it. Uh, I think that's uh, wise for anybody in just about any industry. Chad, I want to thank you for calling in today. It is always a pleasure to learn about some of the amazing things that are being studied and developed right down there at our university. Thank you so much, sir. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Same to you. Thank you. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk with our Sheridan County library system. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Is that pain in your shoulder keeping you up at night? Are you feeling numbness and tingling in your hand? Has your neck or back acted up coming off the mountain? Sheridan Ortho excels in the diagnosis, treatment, and surgery of the upper extremities and spine. The team of surgeons at Sheridan Ortho offer cutting-edge care in sports medicine as well, including minimally invasive procedures like hip arthroscopy and regenerative therapy. Sheridan Orthopedics serves the community with emergency care 24-7, 365, and has for over 50 years. Some same-day appointments available. Visit SheridanOrtho.com. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. 
Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Washing your car at home may seem like the best way, but with the new technology, Buggy Bath Car Wash's touchless automatic uses 75% less water. Saving water and being environmentally friendly is just another way Buggy Bath takes care of you and your car. So the next time you need to remove the grime, choose the environment with the touchless automatic car wash at Buggy Bath Car Wash, North Main and Downtown Sheridan. At Sheridan Funeral Home and Cremation Services, we do our very best to provide service that is delivered with compassion and professionalism, making the hardest of times a little easier as we guide you through the necessary planning and detail. You can trust Kimberly and Carrie to guide you through the arrangements to create a meaningful ceremony to honor the life of your loved one. Taking care of your loved ones with respect and dignity is our ministry here at Sheridan Funeral Home in Sheridan. What would Christmas be without tradition? Without the comfort of home, the joy of family, and the smiles of children? Sheridan Media welcomes you to open your heart this year during the 25th Annual Christmas Wish Campaign. Due to temporary circumstances beyond their control, some families, friends, and neighbors will struggle to make ends meet, let alone have a Merry Christmas. It is tradition for the Christmas Wish Campaign to bring the spirit of the holidays to those individuals. In the past, we have assisted several people with everything from bills to food, clothing, Christmas trees, and toys for children. Please send your Christmas Wish nomination and donations to P.O. Box 5086 Sheridan or submit them online at SheridanMedia.com as soon as possible. All wishes must be submitted in writing and must include your name and phone number. There are follow-up questions our committee will need to have answered to properly assess each wish. Wishes must be received by Friday, November 25th. Partners for this year's Christmas Wish Campaign are Atlas Chiropractic, First Federal Bank and Trust, Heartland Kubota, Advanced Auto Body, A-Line Roofing and Exteriors, Wyoming Corporate Office, and Adell Construction. It's that time of year again when Santa needs ideas. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, they have a wide selection of beautiful jewelry for all pocketbooks. The best part is they can add any of your favorite jewelry items to your own personal wish list. So Santa knows exactly what you love. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, quality and value are always in style. So stop in today and add to your own personal wish list so a Merry Christmas can be had by one and all. That's Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. Good morning. Welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. Joining me for the second half of the show this morning is the director of the Sheridan County Library System, Cameron Duff. Good morning, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Uh, let's see. I think it's it's been over a month since you and I actually Yeah, there, you had a together. special guest come in uh, last month. So I did. Yeah. I had to cancel on you, and I'm really sorry for oh, that. Oh, no, no, that's uh, that's fine. Greatly appreciate when you move uh, move your appearance, though. No, we're we're definitely flexible, and anything we can do to help out that's that's our goal. Now, one thing that uh, I, I we've got some events we're going to talk about. Yeah. But uh, I always enjoy having you on because you and I always end up kind of going down our rabbit holes. Oh yeah, we go off topic <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but uh, I, I just bought a very large volume of Conan stories. Oh, really? Now, uh, you know, by many different authors, yeah. uh, this collection is just old pulp fiction of uh, the barbarian through those years. Do you still have a lot of people who come in seeking those, like, old dime books from back in the day? So uh, this particular subject, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm going to draw a blank on this one. But, yeah, we definitely have some people. It, it would be in our sci-fi 
collection, and it's the fantasy, um, science fiction, and any other category that's, uh, yeah, you just don't want to put in regular fiction. And we do. We still have a lot of people coming in for that. And you could say the same for the genres of Westerns. They still get people coming in for the Louis L'Amours and um, some of the classics that way. So... As for the the thin, you know, five and dime type books, I I, I can't say for sure, but uh, yeah, there's always a demand for stuff like that. And it's just amazing to me because when I was a little kid, you'd go in to like those old secondhand stores, and they've had shelves and shelves of these old pulp fiction oh, yeah. books, yeah. you know, and and that's what got me on this whole Conan kick. Uh, I was in Iraq. And we had a library that we had, you know, because people send you books and, and people are very generous. So we had shelves and shelves. And there it was, you know, this old Conan little Pulp Fiction <laughs> thing. And I thought, well, I'll give it a read. And wow, it was actually pretty good. You got good. hooked. I got yeah. hooked, you know. And But yeah. it's like a guilty pleasure. You know, and that's the thing is it was meant to hook you. It was meant to say, I want the next issue that comes out. And they could make them short so that you could go ahead and be you know engaged and and wait for the next one versus some of the ones like right now i i couldn't read war and peace you oh, know yeah. going into those thousand plus page books I, I i can't get into stuff like that but when you're talking about short stories and then you combine it together into a larger novel that i can handle that yeah way. so like you could sit down knock out a chapter exactly. and the beginning of the story and the end of the story yeah. it's all there it's one cohesive mm-hmm. thing and and I'm really kind of looking, I'm looking, like this showed up just the other day. I haven't even cracked it open yet. <laughs> Do you have any guilty pleasures when it comes to literature? Anything that you look back on and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, it's not, it's not considered like top shelf literary works of a, you know, not the uh, great no, American I, novel. No, I wouldn't say I do you know? I, I was definitely into more of the mystery um, oh, novels, yeah. uh, a Tom Clancy that type of of book, but I wouldn't ever say that. You know, as a kid, my parents actually had trouble getting me to read, so it was the Hardy Boys series that uh, did it. So the mystery is what got me hooked um, and, and able to read and and build up from that. And see, so, you know, I'm a librarian now, but that's great. But every kid has their struggles. And you have to find that genre that they're into. And what's interesting is it may not be uh, fiction. It could be a nonfiction book. Someone mm. might want to read, they love geology, and so they're going to just go crazy over books on geology or dinosaurs. And the goal is with literacy, just find something that they're interested in. Uh, the schools are going to be able to uh, steer them into the areas they are required to read. But yeah. the joy of reading should be about what you enjoy reading. So. And I love the fact that you said that. You know, I can remember uh, my father. Uh, I used to read a lot of fantasy novels. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dragonlance, you know, when I was 13 years old, it opened up a whole new world for me. And so I read the entire Chronicles. You know, that's a, no, good, that's series. a good series. That's a good yeah. series. And and I can remember I was sitting out on the on our deck reading this massive novel. My father came back out there and I think he, like when he saw the book, he was like, All right, that's that's pretty good size. That's <laughs> yeah. you know. And then he saw the cover and he goes, You know, if you're gonna read something, why wouldn't you learn something from it? And that's that's really the way that my father approaches everything. If you're gonna do it, it's either it's either gonna be work, because to him that that carries value. But I came up with a saying okay. for him. A moment enjoyed 
is never wasted. Well, yeah, yeah, that is true, and that's a good response. But I, I get it. It's you're wanting the efficiency factor. You're yep. trying to knock out two things. You're learning something, and you're uh, reading. So you're increasing your vocabulary and everything. But I look at it as sometimes your mind just has to wander, yep. and it has to have that imagination growth. Um, and that's where you get. Uh, as an adult, the different career fields, you know, someone who's taken up architecture or um, some artistic drawing site, they have to have that imaginative mind. They have to be able to see something that doesn't yet exist Absolutely. and put it onto paper. And that's the way I look at uh, literature as a joy of reading is you're just trying to let your mind go and uh, let it imagine things that uh, aren't possible and you can go ahead and be creative that way. Doesn't work for everyone. You know, my mind is more analytical. And so the creative side was always a, a struggle. But for those kids that uh, are reading that way, I don't look at it as a uh, disappointment or it's not a learning. They're just letting their mind um you know, grow in that imaginative style. Letting it wander. Letting it wander. And, you know, one of my favorite authors, Tolkien, um, he was a linguist at uh, Oxford University. Mm -hmm. And I can remember reading an article uh, uh, during an interview where he said so many of his, you know, his fellows came to him and basically said, why are you not writing books about language? You know, (laughs) why are you not contributing to the acumen of, of what we're doing here. And, and I think, I can't remember what his response was, but that really kind of hit me where it's one of the most respected individuals in literature made the decision to go off and create this entire mythology as opposed to sit down and, you know, do the ABC mm-hmm. type of type of work. He decided, I'm going to create something, uh, a world, which now feeds all of fantasy. Oh, totally. I mean, he is the foundation of an entire genre, really. And, and so I, I always respected that about him. And, and it kind of gives credibility to having that imaginative approach towards literature. And, and you can tell by the number of... Um I'm just going to stick with kids. Number of kids who will read, uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings series is it's it's hitting them. It's impacting yeah. them in a way, and they have similar mindset. It's going, no, this is what I want to see. I myself struggle reading Tolkien. It, oh, it's, really? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a difficult, but I can see his linguistic side, and he brings in different. Um, aspects so it's very well thought out and well written but it's just not my style so you know everyone has their own and that's why you have millions of authors everyone has their own style but if you look at creativity in a different way take uh, technology if you didn't have individuals who had a way of saying i need to buck the system i need to find something else because this just isn't working for me you wouldn't have the apples ibms the um, Google, any of those big, big tech firms now started because they just weren't happy with what was already there. They had to mm-hmm. be creative and do something different. No different in li- literature. You have to have individuals say, I'm not going to write the same thing as everyone else. And those are the ones that uh, are successful as they found their niche. 
And you know, when it going back to that pulp fiction idea, I I think it's those little novels, you know, those mm-hmm. those little dime novels that that really help feed that passion towards the written yeah. word for me. That's how it kind of all began. And and I can remember I was uh, out helping my uncle who was a range rider. I was I was helping him bring in some cows, and so I was out there for about a week of my summer, and. He had this massive collection of Louis L'Amour books. Yep. And I mean, that can be seen as a good old dime, nickel, yep. n- you Started know, off small. pulp fiction. Yep. And and that really, I, I can't remember how many of those I read, but it was a lot in that week. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I consumed a lot of those and, and really saw the passion. Because when my father does read for fun, it would be something like that. You know, it would be more the Louis L'Amour or something. And so I bought him uh, this collection, of, like Louis L'Amour stories, it just in a yeah. great big leather-bound book and, and gave that to him. And it sits right next to his collection of the Great Outdoors magazine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where, well, you, you read that one for fun, you read that one because it's going to teach you how it's to gonna do something. It's going to teach you to, you're going to survive <laughs> exactly. if you do this one. No, no, I, my, my father was the same way. He he liked to to read for um, learning, um, but then I, again, I I look back and I'm going. He was always doing something for us, so he probably didn't have a whole lot of time to read for pleasure yeah. as we were growing up. But yeah, he he's like me. He was more analytical, and so you know he he loved his newspapers, he loved his um, magazines. But when he was reading a book, it was more nonfiction. So, yeah, yeah, learning something. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the, the biography of somebody important or yeah. or someone that they're interested in. Yeah, uh, my father basically learned how to pack in and out of uh, the mountains for weeks at a time simply just by this one book that he bought. And I can remember my dad packing that thing around with him months, well, months. If you're going to be in the wilderness, that's useful information. <laughs> yeah, and you now survive. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, okay. We've uh, one, one more thing I do want to hit before this, and that's something that I was talking to uh, an individual about. And that's the the pulp fiction, or maybe even just the the classic fiction uh, author being able to actually hide truth within their fiction. Now, when I deployed, I took with me a copy of Starship Troopers, which okay. on the surface you look at Starship Troopers and you think, well, you know, it's a story about going and killing giant bugs on a different planet. Yeah. But really, once you read the novel itself, it's a story about a fascist society. And, and how that fascist society makes these horrible decisions based on fascist thoughts. And, and so, you know, we can look at George Orwell's Animal Farm, mm-hmm. 1984. It goes the other way and tells you the dangers of communism and socialism. And, and it, so many different authors have done that through the years. Um, do you have a favorite author where you go to to kind of find something like that truth hidden within fiction? No, I, I don't have a favorite author. I definitely have to search sometimes with uh, others. So like um, 1984 or Animal Farm, I remember in, in English class in high school, you'd read these and then we'd have to dig in for the hidden meaning mm-hmm. that was in there. And I did struggle trying to find some of those hidden meanings. Um, so that wasn't my strong suit. But I respected the fact that when they were writing these books, it was 
even taboo for them to yeah. go ahead and say outright, this is what's happening. So they had to hide it in their characters. And you could say the same for today. It's just, it's a little more blatant. Sometimes you'll just come out and say, this is fascist, this is Marxist. And, you know, you're you're not trying for the hidden meaning. But when you do have to go to some of those classics, that's the reason schools still look at them, is you're trying to find the um, secondary meaning, not the literal meaning, but what is it that the author is trying to portray? And that is a struggle for a lot of students to comprehend. But for me personally, no, I don't have a favorite that I go out and, and search. But I, I have struggled, even in Shakespeare, is trying to find oh. that hidden meaning. Oh, that's difficult yeah. for me. I can't, that is, I will admit, during the, you know, the, the college English courses, that was tough for yeah. me. Uh, Shakespeare's stuff was pretty difficult. Uh, but all of them have those secondary oh, meanings, and absolutely. they couldn't outright come out as in their time frame when they were writing these. They couldn't really say what was happening, so they had to put it into their characters. Yeah, like hidden satire, yeah, and criticisms of their their governments, their kings, their emperors, and uh, you know, really taking risks. It was huge risks. It, we talk about literary freedom right now, and there's a lot of different challenges going around the country on different topics. But um, some of them are, are just really blatant topics. It's like, yeah. okay, I get it. I understand what's going on. But in others, it's not. It's, it is very hidden. And um, those are the ones that uh, intrigue me more is trying to find those hidden meanings. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and just the ingenious and brilliant ways. Oh, yeah. They're, they're very creative authors. Yeah. Just laid those layers on top of it. Okay, I don't have very much time left, so uh, let's go over what's going to happen in December. Well, I just want to focus on Christmas uh, Christmas with Craig. So Craig yes, Johnson is going to be coming in. Um, we want to mention that uh, he's going to be visiting all four library locations. So Saturday, December 10th at 6 p.m., he'll be at the Fulmer Library. The library actually closes at 5, so we're opening it up in the evening for that. Uh, Story Branch will be Friday, December 16th at 6 p.m. That's, again, after hours. Uh, Tongue River Branch Library will be Saturday, December 17th at noon. Um, so we're opening up all of those uh, after hours. And then the last one is Sunday, uh, December 18th at 2 p.m., Claremont Branch Library. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cameron. Another great author. Get out there and listen to him. He's, he's great to hear, folks. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM Sheridan. When you're in pain, it causes stress. Even minor pain is telling you something's not right, and early detection is the best path to relief. Make a call to Dr. Colin Hardy of Atlas Chiropractic. Not only can he alleviate your pain, but also reduce physical stress and boost and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. 
Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. How do you feel about pancakes? I love pancakes. Well, then I've got good news for you. We're kicking off Black Friday with a pancake breakfast from 7 to 9, and it's only $5 a plate. Oh, that's exciting. But wait, there's more. We will have a live auction at 9.30 a.m. with Cars and Power Sports starting at only $500. It is Black Friday. But wait, Tommy, there's actually more. We partner with local businesses to give attendees a coupon book to keep your Black Friday shopping local. We'll kick off your Black Friday at Sheridan Honda. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with RAP Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call RAP Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with RAP Plumbing and Heating, and as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. Moss Holders Design Center knows one mattress does not fit everyone. That's why Moss Holders carries 21 different Serta mattresses. From super soft to incredibly firm, it's important you find the mattress that best fits your body and your sleep style. Moss Holders offers iComfort and iComfort hybrids, which conform to your body with high-quality memory foam, but don't sleep hot. Serta's perfect sleepers provide amazing support without breaking the budget. Moss Holders is also your source for new sheets, pillows, and adjustable bases. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. Have you been to SheridanCommercial.com. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. I invite you to explore and compare prices of our wide selection of quality office supply products by going online to SheridanCommercial.com. That's SheridanCommercial.com. Plus, we carry a line of office supplies in our store for your everyday needs. The Sheridan Commercial Company Office Supply Department at 303 Broadway or explore over 42,000 items online at SheridanCommercial.com. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930.